Welcome to the Born to Write podcast, dedicated to writers, authors, and the art of storytelling. Go behind the scenes where writers reveal their ups and downs and how they finally shared their stories with the world. Now, here is your host, Azul Tarones. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Born to Write. Today's guest is a special person to me. He's the author of Worth the Fight, Acting for a Better World, a guide to spirituality, psychedelic medicines, and overcoming trauma. He's a friend and a wonderful author, Matthew Simpson. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Azul. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Look forward to having this conversation with you. Awesome. So what's really great about this book is when you're writing a book that has so much personal growth in it for yourself, or you share what you're learning and share your rawness, it really inspires me because this book is, I would say it's, it's a memoir with the hopes of inspiring people to take action. And so let's, let's dive right in. Let's dive in first about what this book's about so that people can catch up. And then we'll talk a little bit about what was the, some of the challenges in writing this book. So tell us a little bit about someone who doesn't know anything about maybe what psychedelic medicines could be or what kind of trauma we might be talking about. And then we'll just dive right into the topics of the book. Awesome. Sounds great. Yeah. Like you'd said, you know, it's a worth the fight is a memoir. I share my story to the degree to which my story tells a larger narrative about what is possible on an individual and a collective level if we embraced a more sane way of looking at mental health. So, um, you know, I vulnerably share, you know, my healing journey, overcoming depression and, you know, childhood sexual trauma and um, some of the struggles I had being a, a businessman in Chicago and, and fully defining and reaching the definition of success in the West and still being miserable. And it seemed the more that I attained, the more miserable I became. And and um, so I stepped outside of the, the Western medical paradigm and found some deep healing in Central and South America with um, the plant medicine ayahuasca and, and psilocybin. And these are, are buzzy words now that are have become pretty mainstream with, um, you know, things are shifting in the space rapidly now. You know, so many people are struggling. We have a mental health crisis here in the, in, in the States uh, where there's, you know, depressions off the charts you know, suicidal ideation, anxiety, uh, PTSD, you name it. So yeah, you know, I stepped outside the pale and, and uh, had a, some incredible experiences that uh, ultimately led me to a path of service that, you know, I traveled with a backpack for 18 months and um, I came across a veteran organization that is, was working with our war veterans, uh, helping them get relief, find relief from war trauma with psychedelic therapy and, and ayahuasca therapy. And, um, you know, I just figured this has got to be shared. You know, our, our, we have 22 veterans that die by their own hand every single day. And uh, that number is likely far greater. It doesn't include the, you know, uh, high amount of those that are stuck in self-abuse and, and those that are homeless. And um, we have a real crisis here. Yeah. So, you know, the, again, telling my story to the, de- to the degree to which I can share a larger narrative about what is possible if we started to embrace and look at other alternatives that, that I believe will complement our current Western healing model. Right. Well, you talked about, you know, being successful, living in Chicago, and then finding yourself needing some healing. Uh, not that you didn't need it before, but th- there's an epiphany moment where you start thinking, I really need to do something about this. Let's talk a little bit about what that means. What do you mean you were successful? You had a company. What, what was that company? What, what was the success you were having? And why did you still feel empty? You know, it's, on my 35th birthday, I just sold a business 
Uh, it was October 16th, 2014. And I'd worked, you know, for a long time, 12, 13, 14 years in corporate America in Chicago. And um, I'd reached this this big pinnacle, this big day. And and um, I was in the, the legal copy and imaging. We, we do e-discovery projects for large law firms. So we essentially help firm A, sue firm B. We would help out with all their data projects and um, kind of back-end stuff and, and supporting law firms. Essentially, that was that was my business before. And uh, it was really, there was no intrinsic value. I couldn't see it at the time, but there was no intrinsic value to the work that I was, I was doing. And immediately that night that I'd, I'd sold my business, I'm supposed to be out celebrating and, and you know, the new opportunity with the new company of, about all this new responsibility and new opportunities to really make some big time money. And um, all I could think about was the path that I'm on right now that didn't really exist. And two months later, I was down in Costa Rica, you know, having my first ayahuasca ceremony, really diving in deep and getting at some of that, some of the healing. You know, I started my healing journey in my my late 20s, early 30s, and you know, I started meditating and you know, started having some of those uncomfortable conversations. And but there was there was far more for me to do to ultimately actualize the best version of myself and get get on that path of, of being the best version of myself. But you, you mentioned that you in South America were doing ayahuasca. For those listening who aren't sure, what is ayahuasca? Help us understand what it is, what is this ceremony, and how did you come across it? You know, I it is a it's a tea that they've been in, been uh, drinking in indigenous, you know, healing ceremonies and rituals for they think thousands of years. And in Central and South America, it's home base or the, the lineage goes back to Peru. And, you know, it, it comes from a vine and a leaf and they, they boil these things down. One of them, there's uh, the active ingredient is dimethyltryptyline, which is DMT, which is also known as the spirit molecule. So it's a, it's a deep, deep spiritual experience. And, you know, I had had relief with, with psilocybin and that's the active ingredient in magic mushrooms. You know, partying with friends and, and then to think, it was like, whoa, there's something stronger, you know? Um, so I took the liberty to dive in and to take that week of, for a, a healing retreat. And um, it was very clear to me with that experience. You know, I could see through my own eyes the ways that I was sabotaging my own happiness and my health. And I could see clearly a, a plan and a way out. And, you know, from that point on, I've been a lot healthier, a lot more introspective, amped up my meditation practice. And uh, started treating my body and mind with with love and respect, and ultimately that has led to my circle of influence and and with this book. And this book is all about love and sharing these things that I think need to be shared. You know, I, I feel a duty and obligation to kind of raise my hand and say, "Hey, this is where I was at. These are the experiences I've had, and and this is what I'm doing now, and and this is where I see the world world moving towards." Right. Well, you you mentioned that you know, that you were overcoming some early trauma and that in the book you talk about having you know, done some talk therapy. Where did you start to feel the most release? Because people who are wondering, well, what ayahuasca, this ceremony might be thinking, that's a little bit woo, that's outside of my comfort zone. But when you're in a place of deep pain and agony, and maybe that's what you need to help us understand, where were you at that made you decide what I was doing or trying wasn't working? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm a I'm a big believer that and that the, the pain comment. You know, um, every animal in the animal kingdom, when when there's enough pain, 
that creates action and creates movement. And, you know, there was a lot of pain in my life and, you know, going through life and following all the rules and still not finding that happiness and that fulfillment and that connection. Really, it was all about connection, you know, suspecting that was a deeper level of connection with intimate partners, with my family, with my friends, with, with the world, with nature. And when I had all of this, this pain garbled up in my nervous system from some abuse that happened when I was a small boy that I had, you know, had addressed in talk therapy and, and, you know, I thought that I had dealt with, but I, I hadn't really dealt with. And this medicine is really powerful. It puts that thing that we try to avoid, it puts it right in front of your face. So it makes you, makes you deal with it. And, and so that was, that was my process and what worked for, for me. Right. So you had the, you, you participated in ceremonies. How did you find out about this? Like, wh- where was your first point of connection? Because this might be someone else who's listening's first point of connection about healing, hearing about some a plant medicine and a, a ritual, a ceremony. But in their mind, they might be thinking this is like something that's really far removed. How did you get connected with this notion? And, and- yeah, it, it is. It is far removed. And I read about this in the book. the The importance of of doing extensive research, as if this were brain surgery. You know, you'd want to put in the same amount of research. It's a kind of spiritual brain surgery. But, you know, coming across a retreat that was down in, in, in Central America, and, and I dove in. And, um, you know, I, I probably wouldn't recommend the way that I went about things. And everything worked out, worked out great. But of course, there's you hear stories of, especially now that this, this scene is, is, is has exploded. There's just, you know, so naturally, you're going to have people that are unqualified to hold space for others to do the healing in a, in a proper manner. So, um, you know, it's something that I always encourage people to find a firsthand recommendation from somebody who's gone through the experience, somebody that you trust. And um, that's always helpful when gathering whether this is for you or not. And, and I mean, we're, we're in a time, I talk about this in my talks right now, that the experience, fundamentally, the experience that I had back in 2014 is, is very different from the experience that people will have in, in 2019 and beyond as we're looking at these medicines differently. The science is really, really profound coming in from all over the world that top-tier universities like Johns Hopkins, Imperial College of London, NYU are studying these uh, psychedelic medicines. And the, the science is, is pretty astounding, you know, um, that when people are, are, are struggling with an array of behavior and emotional challenges, if they're earnestly struggling and earnestly looking for relief, these medicines, uh, when taken in a safe setting by qualified professionals, are highly, highly effective. Right. What's incredible, in episode number 24 here in Unborn to Write, we had Larry Rule, who wrote a memoir as well about healing from the past, from particularly from childhood sexual trauma. In his memoir, Breaking the Rules, he talks about how to go through processing sexual abuse and living with the shame and guilt that it takes and the courage to stand up and speak out about it. That's what I found very courageous about your book is that it's one thing to to get your own healing and then keep silent about it, but another thing to to get healing and then speak out and say, hey, look, this is what's going on in my life. Talk about what made you decide you wanted to share it with the world. Yeah, you know, there's, there was a very clear moral duty and obligation to share with the knowing that there's one in five of us are subjected to childhood sexual trauma in the early years of childhood development. And then especially after coming across the veteran work, when uh, we were seeing insanely high disproportionate amount of our war veterans 
it wasn't the arm that, you know, when they were doing this, this healing, it wasn't the arm that was missing. It wasn't the foot that was blown off in war. It wasn't the brigade of people or, or the body that was lost in war. Time and time again, it was coming back to the childhood sexual trauma that the research seems to suggest is driving our soldiers to war in the first place. And, you know, the war veterans in Iraq and Afghanistan were two times more likely to report sexual trauma than those in the, in the early years of childhood development than those that fought in Vietnam at random. Mind you, I said report. Anybody that knows anything about sexual shame knows that this is an extremely challenging thing to talk about. And for me, you know, raising my hand and saying, hey, this happened, knowing that that, that is an invitation for any of my readers or really anybody that is, is struggling with with something to look themselves in the mirror and, and do what they need to do to heal, get right, get fit for service, and get on that path of being the best version of, the, of their selves. How did you decide to connect with veterans? I, I mean, I don't believe from what I read or remembering that you were a veteran yourself. What was the connection to veterans and why such a heart for serving our troops and people who are suffering? You know, I, I came across, yeah, I, I didn't serve. You know, I, I came across this veteran organization, I, I believe it was in month 17, my 18-month travel journey. And I was just blown away by the, the notion that we have this suicide tragedy and no one's talking about it. And to find an organization, a veteran organization that's already up and going, and then I've had that healing experience myself firsthand. So knowing the value, knowing that this, this medicine works, and knowing that there's a lot of societal programs that have been put in place to keep people to be scared of this, uh, or to, to, you know, the psychedelics were demonized in the 60s and 70s, and, and we could go on, and that's, uh, that's a whole nother conversation. But um, again, science is showing that a lot of that is just, you know, urban myth and uh, for political reasons. And, um, you know, so. So your, your connection to the veterans was oh, just your understanding of that there was, there was suffering going on. Suffering going on. And um, yeah, you know, for, I couldn't let go of the idea that there was, I think, you know, there was hundreds of veterans who were pre-qualified for this program. I knew the medicine worked. And then knowing that, again, systematically, I, I feel like we're, we're cut off the civilian and the, the veteran world. There's a, there's a big chasm. Sebastian Younger, he writes a lot about that in his book, Tribe. And I you know, started digging deep as to why is there this? Why are we cut off from this? And these conversations, these big conversations that I think that we should be having, you know, uh, ultimately is that leads to like, what are we still doing at war? It's 2019. You know, we live in this big planet with abundant resources. And um, what are we doing? Right. So when you're writing something so personal and you're, you're showing up on the page and you're sh kind of revealing all of your truth, let's talk a little bit. Of, there, there's things that come up. So I want to talk a little bit about that. And for anybody who's thinking about writing a memoir or wanting to write something that involves personal experiences, how did you decide when you were going to write what you would include and what you wouldn't? Where was your guiding kind of focus? Well, you know, and, 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 when you came into the process, the writing process, you helped a lot with that in terms of identifying measuring stick for what aligned with the said values of the book. Because, you know, at, at first it was just get it all out on paper. You know, I had, I had, you know, I, you know, I think at first, you know, worth the fight was larger than one of the Lord of the Rings volumes. I mean, it was, it was a huge book, you know, a hundred, 10 or 120 20, 000 words right. and um and it was just you know and then but that 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 conversation was really profound with with you and and Anne helping to 
make sure that that everything that I was saying was aligned with my values. And there was a lot of that, a lot of the stuff that was just cathartic release that was important to me, but it's not, it wouldn't be important to the purpose of the book and why I'm writing the book. And the book is, is, is written to help people find their truth, find their calling, uh, level up their lives, be the best versions of themselves. And um, yeah, me blabbing on and on about all my romances that that's probably a different book. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So when you get into sharing these things and you got, you know, and you have to pull, you know, you put it on the page and you're going to get to reel it back in and you decide, well, this is, this still needs to be vulnerable, but it can't be this quote messy because there's like, you can't tell everything. So for those of us who are writing memoir, one of the things that's difficult is to know what those moments are. And the bigger picture is I want to help people get to some understanding. So let's talk about what, what you're doing now with the book. Like you're using this book as a tool to m- bring awareness. You're helping still these veteran organizations. What has been one of the, the moments of uh, clarity that has come from writing a book to help you kind of g- further your, your help in supporting the message of getting support through these, these new medicines and these, these alternative non-Western ways of healing? Well, you know, and I think that we, a big point, uh, you know, months before I finished writing the book or, or finished getting it out, you had, you had said a poignant remark. Is, it's really about, it's not about the book. It's about the conversation that the book pushes forward. And it's my hope and prayer that, that the book, you know, is serving and will continue to serve and, as a uh, conversation point for presenting progressive solutions that I believe can help people that are earnestly struggling and that can help our world. We see what's going on in the world right now, the, the discord and the polarity, and you know our, our leadership is struggling, and, and I've been beating this drum for a while that, that hey, guys, like, you know, let's, if we're earnestly seeking a peaceful planet, like healing the hearts and minds of our war veterans is an absolute must, and the, the notion that, that our war veterans, when they raise their hand, we all shut up and we listen. There's a, 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 an element of respect for what they've been through, and, and um, there's a powerful Thich Nhat Hanh quote. I'm probably going to butcher here, but it goes something like this, that veterans are the tip of the spear. And if, if they can achieve awareness and find well-being and peace, then all of us can. You know, if, if, if they can, after going through what they've been through, if they can find peace, then all of us can. And, and then, you know, hopefully at some point, we'll, we will see a planet at peace. So they can teach us all the lessons that, that we've ignored. And, um, you know, I call it affectionately in the book, you know, Bullshit Incorporated and some of these uncomfortable truths that are brought up with the veteran work is, you know, the church abuse, you know, one in five of us are subjected to child sex abuse. And, uh, you know, the research seems to suggest that the, that that sex abuse is, is perpetuating war, you know, so the church's involvement in perpetuating war and big pharma's involvement in this, you know, there are, are war veterans and a lot of the people that are, are struggling here in the West are taking these pills with that have pill bottles that have skulls and crossbones on them. Should we be surprised that so many people are checking out early, to suicide. And um, yeah. Let's talk about the pivot here, the book. What was one of the, the most challenging moments? And then what was one of the most elating moments you had? A uh, challenging moment was early on was finding flow, you know, sitting in front of that gosh darn computer for, it took a couple weeks. I think it took a couple weeks of, I followed kind of Stephen Pressfield's notion. I was really big into the art of war or the war of art. I think that I, I butchered that. You know that book as well? Yeah, War of Arts, great book. Oh yeah, and uh, that was a game changer for me. And uh, you know, just approaching this as 
sit through the discomfort, sit through the writer's block, sit through and every day showing up at nine o'clock in the morning for my work and pushing through. And then, you know, weeks later, finding myself getting into this flow state that I've been seeking and I've been studying relentlessly. And, um, you know, it really helped level up my work. And that was a really kind of a profound moment when I was like, whoa, holy cow, holy snap, I'm doing it. You know, this, this is actually getting done right now to a, a degree to which I'm the perfectionist in me is, is uh, somewhat satisfied. Right. Well, I know that so many authors who are wanting to write a book, who are, you know, staring at that blank page, need some encourage, encouragement. What, any words of advice you'd give them? You know, the idea of understanding the, and I write about this in Work the Fight, I touch upon it, but there's just incredible flow science. And the flow science that is coming out is really, really compelling. And, um, you know, it's something that's been researched, you know, for the last 100, 100 plus years. But there's, there's a, a book called Stealing Fire that really uh, shifted my perspective. Stealing Fire and the book before that was The Rise of Superman. And they essentially are talking about uh, what is going on in our brains when we're in this flow state, which is defined as optimal state of consciousness when action and awareness merge. And to know that that is something that we can train, not something that we're just gifted with. It's something that we can train and it's something that we can build our lives around. So that was something that I, that is something that I encourage people to, to read up on and to become aware of and to make those subtle changes in their lives so they can bring more flow into their lives. Awesome. Finding flow is always great. <laughs> Tell us where we can find more about you if we're learning, want to know, of course, we'll look, hook the book up into the show notes so people can find Worth the Fight, but where else will they learn more about you? You know, I have a Facebook authors page that I'm, I'm just launching a little bit late to the game, but I'm going to be putting out today. And I'm on Instagram as well. So I'll give you those places where people can find me. So I'm on Facebook and Instagram. and. Um, yeah, I'd love people to connect and reach out. And, you know, like we'd said earlier on in the conversation, you know, wide open book when it comes to all this stuff. And uh, I believe that uh, sharing is caring and, and um, it's the time that we, we share and kind of open source, you know, projects and ideas like this. Awesome. Thank you so much. Hey, if, you're, if you know someone who maybe is a veteran, somebody who might be suffering from, from different traumas, Worth the Fight is available on Amazon. You can get it in both paperback and Kindle. And you can connect with Matt Simpson on Facebook and Instagram. We'll link all that up into the show notes. Matt, thank you so much for coming, sharing your truth, and being being willing to put yourself out there so that you can help others. Awesome. Thank you so much, Azul, for uh, this opportunity to, to share my work. And, and thank you so much for your assistance with this creative project and endeavor. And I'm so grateful for your guidance along the way. And, and um, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Awesome. Join me again for another interview for great authors who talk about their story, how they got there, and why they feel like they're born to write. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave an honest review, and you can always find me at coachazul.com.